It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, John McDermott. Hello, everybody. And we've decided that, uh, you know, after doing three entries into our Essential Starfighter series, we'd take a little break this week. I'm sure you guys have so much to process about those first three ships that you want to hear something a little bit different. So, John, what are we talking about this week? Yeah, so uh, kind of in honor of Carson's appearance uh, lately on the Great Fly Better podcast, I thought it would be interesting to talk about a somewhat related subject, and that is going to be list synergy, uh, what it is, and why it's okay not to have it. Yeah, so uh, you threw this recommendation out there, and we figured since this is in honor of Carson's uh, discussion, he was on a recent Fly Better episode, I think it was January 12th. Um, we figured he doesn't have to be on this one. He already talked about list archetypes. So me and John will take over here. And we're going to talk about why it's okay not to have list synergy. So let's get into it. So to start, uh, if we're going to be talking about list synergy, it's probably important to kind of define what synergy is and how it works in the game of X-Wing. Yeah, so synergy, generally speaking, is just anytime abilities or upgrades uh, benefit each other uh, across game pieces. So synergy can vary in strength. So some abilities synergize really well with other ships and abilities, and some abilities synergize just a little bit or not at all. Um, There's kind of two main paths that we can see synergy in X-Wing. So one of them is that ships can have upgrades that synergize with their existing abilities. So that could be all contained within one ship. So I think a good example of this is Sunter Fell, whose pilot ability already wants to line up the bullseye arc so Sunter can get a focus token. If you throw a Predator on Sunter Fell, that really synergizes well with Sunter since Sunter's already putting a lot of effort into getting people in bullseyes. Yeah, and then you have ships specifically that have abilities that synergize with other ships. So a good example there is the Two Tubes Brothers over in the Rebel Faction. So Benthic can take a focus token, and he can pass a focus token off, and he can give that to Edrio, who can then perform an action when he activates if he is focused. Yeah, and, and this is a good example, too, of the intensity of um, how strong synergy can be. So Benthic obviously synergizes pretty much with any ship. So being able to pass a focus token to any friendly ship will benefit that friendly ship. Here is a specific example where when Edrio gets the focus token, not only is he getting the focus token, he's getting an extra benefit. So the synergy is a lot stronger between Benthic and Edrio than Benthic and any other ship. Another good example there, too, is any of the IG upgrade stuff in the Scum Faction. So you have the four pilots that work together, and then also the IG-88 crew that, when you put that on a ship, also benefits from the other IG abilities. Yeah, that tends to be a very strong synergy, too, since they're all sharing each other's abilities. It's not like a one-way directional thing. Um, That tends to be a really good synergy. And so since today's focus is on it's okay not to have synergy in your list, um, we wanted to point out that we'll be talking specifically about when we say synergy today, we're talking about synergy between ships. So synergies from ship abilities and upgrades that affect other ships. Um, We're not talking about like the self-contained kind of synergy that you see in Sunterfell. So a really good kind of key point to start with here is that um, if you remember way back, we did an episode on the different types of list archetypes, and Carson also covered this on his guest appearance on Fly Better, and almost every list archetype can exist without some form of synergy inside of it. 
Yeah, and, and this almost sounds uh, counterintuitive. John, when you had recommended this topic idea, I was trying to think about exactly how to explain that. And I think it's there's a difference between uh, ships that have synergy together and ships that complement each other. Um, and I think a prime example of this is like a classic triple ace list that um, the ship abilities usually don't affect each other. Those, ship com- those ships complement each other really nicely so that you can have like a cohesive strategy and they're all going to work together, but they're not dependent on each other for sharing abilities. So they can complement each other without exactly synergizing together. And I think that's an important distinction. Yeah, exactly. And, I'm you know, part of that kind of complementing ability comes from you know ships that are are the same ship type um but we're not going to focus on that too much um one one i think kind of archetype is actually a subtype the control subtype that we talked about in our list archetypes even in some minor form almost always has it uh, because it's hard to find a control ship um, that doesn't have abilities that aren't self-contained so um, that's really kind of the only exception here uh, where it's almost impossible to have a list that you know doesn't have some sort of synergy, right? Like the standalone control ship, we see like some control abilities, like jam on certain ships. But if you're doing like a control list, oftentimes like oh, I'm passing out tractor tokens. Well, some other ship needs to capitalize on that. I'm not always going to be the one who's going to be able to capitalize on the tractor tokens. So yeah, mo- most commonly, I think with the control subtype, you would see some kind of synergy, at least moderately. But John, your argument is that it's not always necessary to have synergy between lists so uh expand on that a little bit for everybody sure so you know if we're looking at our four main archetypes um within those lists you can you can survive without synergy because the individual ships or pieces are powerful enough on their own and you know kind of complement themselves internally with their own upgrades that they don't need to rely on the other ships in the list to even be effective yeah, and, and there there are pros and cons here, too. And I think um, this was kind of interesting to spell out, too. So there are a lot of actual benefits to not having synergy between your ships, which sounds kind of counterintuitive. Um, but I think the first thing for me is it opens up a lot of flexibility in list building because if you're building your list around a certain combination of abilities, oftentimes all the other pieces that you're going to put into that list, you're trying to find options that fit in with that synergy. Um, and that's usually going to be a pretty narrow selection. Whereas if you're doing a list that does not have a lot of strong synergy between ships, your list building options are only limited by the points you have in your imagination. Right. You know, having very little synergy really opens up the ability to kind of just, you know, do whatever you want. You know, if you want to fly something funky, um, you know, that then you're not relying on something else to make it work. You're just doing it because you want to and it seems fun and that's perfectly okay. I think another benefit, too, of um, doing a list with little synergy in it or no synergy in it um, is that you tend to have a pretty good late game, um, generally speaking, obviously. Um, But I'm looking at things like, so triple ace lists where they don't have abilities that interact with each other a lot. Um, That means if you lose any one of those pieces, it's not going to ruin your strategy. As much as if your ships are codependent on each other, losing a certain piece or a certain pair of pieces might entirely cripple your strategy and really hurt you when you're approaching the end of a game. Right. Like if you, for example, have that kind of control subtype built into your list, if you lose your ship that is your primary control piece, then the other bits of your list will kind of start to fall apart because they're relying on the success of that one ship to kind of carry them to the end. And if you lose that, then, you know, you don't really have anything. 
and that that ends up putting a lot more pressure on you for the opening or mid game where you have to use those synergies early on so that they'll pay off enough so that you can win the late game whereas if you're running an aces list they play across the whole you know 75 minute round where you know they can play the long game if they have to because they're not worried about um, having to get their abilities to pay off right away. You can lose one of them and then you'll still have the other pieces to catch up. Right. I think one of my favorite pros about having a list with little to no synergy is you have a lot more flexibility in your setups and openings. So personally, I am a creature of habit. I don't diversify my setups much, um, but having the option to is fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm actually in the same camp as you, John. I'm very rigid about how I do my openings. So usually I have a couple, couple patterns I've prepared and just kind of choose which one's best for the scenario. Um, but I did find, you know, going the last Worlds, which feels like an eternity ago, um, having the flexibility with my Kylo and then my selection of uh, First Order and SF TIE Fighters, um, having the option to fly them as a block was great, but also then vary up the opening was also awesome where I'd fly like the higher initiative TIE fighters as kind of aces if I was flying against a bunch of low initiative stuff. Um, and since my list didn't depend on having Kylo anywhere near the TIE fighters, I had that flexibility there because there was no built-in synergy. Right. It kind of, you know, as an opponent rolling up to a table, you can look at a list and if you can identify synergies, then you can adapt your setup as well. So like a good example would be if your opponent is flying, you know, Benthic and Edrio two tubes in the U-Wing and X-Wing respectively, uh, those two ships, you know, they synergize so well together. They're, they're always going to start next to each other, um, you know, when your opponent's setting up their board. They're never going to put Benthic in one corner and Edrio in another corner because they're just tearing apart that synergy they've created. Yeah, then you just have some really low initiative rebel, rebel ships. I think, actually, now that you mentioned it, too, I think there's a, a tangential benefit, too, to not having synergy, where it doesn't uh, give your opponent an obvious target, um, which mm -hmm. is huge there, right? Because if, if I see Benthic and Edrio on the other list, I know, okay, well, if I can kill one of them, then I'll ruin that synergy completely. Whereas if I'm fly, you know, trying to take down triple aces, I'm like, okay, do I shoot Soonter? Do I shoot Vader? Do I shoot Whisper? Um, any one of those pieces would be great to kill, but they're not going to exactly ruin my opponent's day. Now, of course, whenever you have pros of something, you have to have cons of something, and there are definitely some cons to not having synergy in your list as well. Well, yeah, and I think it really boils down to a lot of the game's most powerful effects and abilities are found in synergies. And if you don't have synergy, you're just not having access to those tools. Um, and we can we can see a lot of examples of this. So if you look at um, attack modifiers and reroll stuff, some of the game's most powerful effects, like HAL Runner rerolls, Sinker rerolls, or Admiral Sloan, um, you know, throwing out stress tokens and also rerolls, those are all dependent on being mixed with other ships that synergize with them. So um, you just don't have access to. I mean, HAL Runner can affect itself and get rerolls, but it's really not worth the point investment if you don't have a bunch of other TIE fighters there to also get rerolls. Yeah, and attack mods are always good in any form, so you also see that in extra dice, which you can get from the 7th Fleet Gunner upgrade, um, Jan Orr's pilot ability, and the chassis ability from the Lat gunship over in the Republic faction. Another really powerful ability that we've seen introduced in 2nd Edition specifically is the addition of the Force into X-Wing. So you have pilots and upgrades that allow your ships to have different Force charges, and the Force is just such a powerful ability on its own, but there are cases where you have upgrades that the Force specifically benefits other ships in your list. 
Yeah, I mean, like, so Force on just, like, any of the Jedi flying a starfighter is usually a good internal synergy, uh, the kind we're not talking about so much today. But abilities like Palpatine's um, take that to the next level. So, you know, you go from a standalone low amount of self-synergy all the way up to Palpatine being able to share Force tokens across the table to very vulnerable ships. That's a really powerful synergy. And you see a similar ability with the Dooku crew as well. You know, you can change the result of a die either on the ship that he is on or another ship in the list all right so let's uh look at some examples here which i think is a good way to really drive home the point we're trying to make and again i do want to recommend you check out carson's guest appearance on fly better from january 12th um it's a really good summary even in just the first i think 45 minutes or so a really good summary of kind of the more of the main four archetypes we see in X-Wing lists. Um, so that's good. We'll do kind of a brief reminder vaguely of what, you, what each of these are, but we don't want to you know, lose sight of what our actual message is today. So we're going to look at the four main list archetypes, efficiency, mid-range, aces, and battleship. And we're going to look at some examples where they each have lists that have no synergy, moderate synergy, or maybe strong synergy. Um, so let's start by looking at efficiency. And let's start specifically with Carson's example that he gave us in honor of his absence. <laughs> a really good example of an efficiency list that has no synergy would be just five X-Wings, straight up. You know, no upgrades, just what you can fit in the list, or minimal upgrades. Yep, just a lot of hit points, a lot of damage output. Um, and yeah, they're just going to set up and they're going to fly at you. And they're not going to benefit each other really in any specific way. And, you know... In broad terms, there's functionally no difference between losing any one X-Wing versus another. So as long as you can get that damage through early, you're still going to be fine as long as you lose these at a slow enough rate. But while we're still talking about X-Wings, we can look over to the Resistance and talk about a pretty common list archetype where you have just Pava uh, lined up with maybe three other X-Wings or some variant of that. Um, this is going to be some moderate synergy where you're paying extra points to get Jess in this list, but she benefits by getting extra rerolls when she has friendly ships nearby. So she doesn't want to lose those friendly ships because you're going to lose a lot of your effectiveness that you've invested in. Right. And those additional X-Wings in the list really aren't getting any benefit from Jess other than, you know, maybe your opponent focusing on trying to get rid of her instead of one of the generics, which, I mean, again, is like moderate synergy. But for the most part, those three X-Wings are just there to provide support specifically for Jess's ability. But on the other end of the spectrum, too, we have really strong synergy lists. And I think a good example of that is kind of a classic example, having a HAL Runner TIE Swarm, where you're going to have HAL Runner in there for sure to throw off extra rerolls to friendly ships. You'll probably even have some other TIE Fighters in there, maybe Iden Versio, or some other abilities where you can draw damage away from the uh, HAL Runner. This is a good example of a strong synergy list, because as we know, like any single TIE Fighter is not an intimidating threat. Uh, but when these things come in mass and they have offensive rerolls, uh, they are absolutely terrifying. Well, and you'll often see Howlrunner and Aiden paired up with some of the other named TIE Fighters as well, um, like primarily Gideon, Hask, and Wampa, who can roll additional attack dice. So the the benefit of having additional dice plus rerolls um, is just super good synergy. You do pay for it, but it's very, very good. And again, you can start to lose the effectiveness of your list because if you're going against a Hellrunner Swarm and you kill Hellrunner early on, that really limits the effectiveness of that Swarm. But that's what Aiden is for. <laughs> right. So you have all those pieces there and you have a really strong synergy between them. Looking over at the mid-range archetype, um, a very dominant 
the appearing list that I think we saw mostly around worlds, but we've seen trickle in here and there. Um, is Jendon in the Lambda shuttle with some combination of the Inquisitors and the TIE Advanced V1. Um, getting those early target locks and having that additional modification with their force ability. Uh, it's just very, very good synergy, and it pretty much pays off right at the start of turn one. Well, yeah, I mean, in, this, in the last Gen Con, this combo was uh, something that was really powerful, and I think people had maybe not paid a lot of attention to the Inquisitors on their own up to that point because they were just generally okay. But as soon as you have Jendon's ability in there and you're able to get those early target locks to your friendly ships, um, that takes the Inquisitors to a whole new level. So I think that's a really good example of those ships really depending on that strong synergy so that suddenly they go from being like an okay ship to a top-tier, almost winning Gen Con level ship. And then on the other side of that, a list with no synergy that both you and I are pretty familiar with, Tim, is uh, Major Von Reg with four Special Forces TIE Fighters over in the First Order faction. Yes, so this is awesome. So Von Reg is a great standalone ace, and then the four TIE SFs just do a lot of work uh, through pure efficiency. Um, Von Reg doesn't have to have any particular connection to the SFs. He doesn't have to set up anywhere near them. So that flexibility gives you a lot of great opening options and, you know, tactical options turn to turn where you can just make whatever decision you need in the moment. So when we get down to aces, um, so you'll see some variations here. A lot of, I think, X-Wing 2nd Edition ace lists um, do not depend on synergy. So there's a lot of good examples. Imperial triple aces is a good example. Um, You also have some good options in resistance for ace lists that have no real synergy between them. Yeah, so I picked this one again in honor of Carson. We've got Poe, Lulo, and Nian. He was flying that, you know, back at the Denver system open, I believe, or some close variation of it. Um, very good pieces individually, uh, little to no kind of synergy between them. Uh, and that doesn't matter because they all operate as kind of solo aces that just happen to be in a list with other solo aces. Yeah, and you, again, you see an example here of the flexibility on openings where um, oftentimes when I'd see Carson set these up, they would be nowhere near each other. That's that kind of like um, old school X-Wing opening of like setting one ship on the left side, one in the center, one on the right, and then just adapting to whatever your opponents do. And this list is a great example of that. If they were, you know, depending on synergy abilities where they had range limitations um, or certain other options, then we'd probably see them draw together closer. But they really benefit, you know, for a faction that has a lot of great standalone aces. Um, this is a great example of a list that doesn't need synergy to do really well. And while Imperial Triple Aces does very well um, with no synergy, you do see the Palp Aces archetype kind of come through here. Very strong synergy there. Palp being able to use his Force Charge to modify dice on other ships. So, you know, you see that with Suntur Fell. Um, Darth Vader, um, the Inquisitor, any of these aces that already have good modification on their own get this additional strong modification from Palpatine. Right, and you know, Palpatine is usually going to go on a platform that also has other abilities that benefit other ships. Probably a coordinate action is the main one I'm thinking about, whether that's on the Lambda Shuttle or on the TIE Reaper. Um, So there's probably going to be even more synergy beyond just the Palpatine crew card. Kind of closing out here with the main four archetypes, we have the battleship. Yeah, so a battleship is kind of the weird archetype. The other ones feel kind of rock, paper, scissors-y. 
Uh, these ones feel just very uh, naval combat-y. Uh, but, you know, battleships are usually the ships that are kind of self-contained. They kind of take the place of multiple ships in your list. And, um, you know, listen. I definitely listen to Karsten's description because he does a really good job of talking about that on Fly Better. Um, but really, I mean, I think the whole reason, John, you recommended this topic was just to tell everybody about your Django mall list that you you flew recently. <laughs> sure. So uh, this is a pretty fun battleship list using the new Django Slave 1 um, ship for the Separatists and Maul in the Sith Infiltrator. Uh, this list has very little synergy, little to no synergy at all. Um, Maul does have the dark probes on him uh, to get those locks out early. But other than that, uh, they're pretty self-contained. So Django is set up to kind of max out on his crits when he's doing his offensive roles. And Maul is just there to be a strong platform with a really good offensive ability. Um, having that ability to double tap and, of course, having three force charges uh, is also very good. So uh, it's just two kind of beefcakes on the table that are doing a lot of damage. Yeah, and that one actually sounds super fun. I'm definitely going to have to try that. Um, but yeah, a good example of uh, a minimal to no synergy list for battleships. Obviously, battleships can also contain a lot of synergy. A popular archetype we've seen before is a battleship plus ace. So this would be something like, um, you know, a decimator paired up with a Sunter Fell or with a Whisper, where you're going to be loading out your decimator so that it can, um, you know, use Palpatine or other abilities to help protect and give actions to your ace. So generally, those are going to have moderate to strong synergy. Right. You know, you see battleships kitted out to maximize a lot of different effects, like Rack, you'll see, have a lot of offensive upgrades put on him. And you could certainly still include Rack in a list like this. Um, but, you know, the, the points that you're sinking into him are to benefit the ace and not himself, because he's already a pretty strong piece, and he's just going to make that ace piece that much better. All right, John. So as we wrap up here, I have a question for you. What is your preference for synergy? Do you find you tend to prefer lists that have little to no synergy, moderate synergy, or really strong synergies? It's tough because I think in the last maybe year and a half, I've flown so many different variances, right? Like I have my the four arcs that I flew at Gen Con in 2019. Um, that was a very synergistic list with the Commander Cody upgrade and then the mm-hmm. 7th Fleet Gunner. Um, but I'm also a strong proponent of the Imperial Aces. I really like Triple Aces. I flew that at Denver also in 2019, and I've flown the Von Rig with four SFs, and I think it's just, you know, kind of whatever suits you at the time. Um, but if I was forced to choose, I would probably lean towards a more non-synergistic play. Yeah, that that's actually where I found myself at more recently, and I, I was trying to think of why that is. I think it's mostly the opening flexibility that you have um, um, I'm trying to get better at adapting to my opponent's strategy, which is kind of a core skill of X-Wing. So I like that I don't have to get stuck tying certain ships together. Like when I'm flying uh, Von Reg and four SFs, like I can keep those SFs in a block. I can spread them out in groups of two. I can do whatever I think I need to in context. Um, as someone who usually has gotten stuck in kind of rigid opening moves, um, having that option open makes me less inclined to be so predictable. So I think right now I'm tending towards no synergy. But again, you know, the new Republic stuff where like Obi-Wan and Anakin having ship-specific abilities that only affect other pilots, that sounds pretty cool too. Right, like I don't want to say that having non-synergistic lists is easier, but it's certainly less mentally taxing when all you have to do is work on your three individual ships and not worry about what they're doing in relation to each other. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I, I like this episode, though, as emphasizing that you don't need to have synergy. Just because your ships don't directly affect each other, that doesn't mean you have a bad list necessarily. So keep that in mind. We want to know what your preference is. Do you like lists that have a lot of synergy between ships, or do you like the flexibility you get from having little to no synergy? Uh, you can let us know on Facebook.com slash RadioTCX. And while you're there, you can like our Facebook page. Also, please consider going on iTunes and leaving the show a five-star review, saying what you liked and why you think other people should listen. And if you want to support the show directly, please go on to patreon.com slash RadioTCX, and you can become a patron there. A huge thank you to everyone who's supported the show thus far. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>